You have to believe in yourself because there will be times where you will feel that nobody else believes in you or that there's nobody out there who appreciates what you offer. But I encourage everyone to stand strong because there's always someone out there who will appreciate what you have and what you're giving. You just have to find that appropriate audience. Hi, my name is Kara Myers and welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Each week, I chat with women who have built incredible businesses in the travel and tourism industry. You'll hear their inspirational stories of success. We went from 2,000 a month to about 70, 72,000 a month um, in that span of, of nine years. And struggle. I wish that I could tell you that I pivoted really quickly and like jumped back on my feet and I did it. And what they learned along the way. Give yourself the grace of knowing that it's not going to happen overnight and you're going to make a ton of mistakes. And as long as you learn from them and move forward, that's okay. So grab a coffee, hit subscribe, and get ready to learn and feel inspired. Hello, hello. Welcome back to episode 15 of the Travel Business Lounge, the place where we celebrate and learn from female entrepreneurs in the travel industry. Do you love going on ghost tours and think about someday maybe leading one yourself, but worry that there aren't enough spooky stories to share where you live? Today's guest used to feel the exact same way until she honed her research skills and learned how to uncover ghost stories in the most unlikely of places. Alison Jornlin launched Milwaukee Ghost Walks back in 2008 after a lifetime of interest in the paranormal. What started as a summer side hustle has now evolved into American Ghost Walks, a hugely popular ghost tour company that operates in more than a dozen cities and what she runs with her brother Mike. Today, her role in the business is focused primarily on research and route development for new tour destinations. So in this episode, Alison shares her best tips for researching for a ghost tour, her method for designing new routes, and how she deals with the ongoing challenge of managing customer expectations. And of course, with Halloween just around the corner, I had to ask Allison to share a ghost story with us before she left. So make sure you stay tuned to the very end to hear that spooky tale. But without further ado, I introduce you now to Allison Jornlin of American Ghost Walks. Hi, Allison. Welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. I'm so excited to talk all about ghost tours today with you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate your interest. Yeah, I mean, Halloween just around the corner. I love haunted histories. I watch a lot of scary films. I watch YouTube videos on you know top five ghosts in different areas. I'm obsessed. <laughs> Anyone you ask uh, that knows me knows I'm obsessed. So uh, before we get into the business side of things, tell us a bit about your background, how you got into ghost tours and what you're doing today. Well, I, I've always really been interested in the paranormal since my earliest beginnings, I, I think my first memories of it are from fourth grade, just uh, spelunking through the libraries of our local community and school and finding all these different ghost books. And we're not just about ghosts. You know, we like cryptozoology, too, meaning Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. And we love UFOs. So one of the things that stoked my interest is now this story makes us makes me and my brother, who's also involved in our business, makes us sound like we're from the 30s or something. But I mean, <laughs> this this really happened in the 80s. Our mother 
was a, an avid radio listener. We lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but she would listen to the radio stations in Chicago. And then whenever the, the spooky Halloween season would roll around, they would have uh, Richard Crow on, who, who really began ghost tourism and haunted history tours in 1973 in Chicago. So uh, she would gather us around the radio and we would listen to Richard Crow and his stories of haunted Chicagoland. And this really captivated us from that early age. So that's how that's how we first got interested and we first knew of haunted history tourism. That's a great story. I love that it's gone back to your childhood. What inspired you as an adult to consider doing it as part of your profession? Well, I became a teacher back in 2006 and I decided, hey, I have this this uh, time in the summer to do research and I can use this to build my own haunted history tour in Milwaukee. And, you know, for you listeners out there in any city that you're in, if you're not delivered the right material, the material that's most interesting to you, you might think that living wherever you live is really boring, <laughs> as I did <laughs> for Milwaukee. You know, I'm not, not interested in the bucks or the brewers or, or beer. I don't drink. <laughs> but then... As I got out and got to vacation in different spots like New Orleans, for example, uh, New Orleans has a, a lot of vampire tours and ghost tours and cemetery tours, and we loved visiting there. And so this got me to thinking, did, did my city, does, does Milwaukee have any incredible stories like these other cities that are really bragging about their uh, histories? And in fact, it took a while to dig it up, but I found that we did have a lot of haunted history, just like these other cities, on par with these other cities that I could share. And then I got started with my own haunted history tour in 2008. Amazing. Yeah, it's one of those things where on the one hand, it is harder to do the research, I imagine, because you have to dig a bit deeper than you than you do if you're in New Orleans or if you're in London. But the competition is much lower because there aren't a million other companies doing it. So you have that benefit as well. But I wondered if you could go into a bit more detail about when you founded Milwaukee Haunted History Tours and then what your role with the business is today. Yeah, so I founded MilwaukeeGhost.com back in 2008. Then I encouraged my brother uh, his name is Mike Huberty, that he should start a haunted history walk in Madison, which is uh, Wisconsin's state capital. And I just thought that would be great. You know, Milwaukee is Wisconsin's biggest city, but it would be cool if we could also have one that's historical in the capital. And so I helped him get started. I provided him with a few stories. And then I was really focused at the time on my teaching career and any teachers out there know that when you're, especially an elementary school teacher, your duties can be all-consuming. I mean, certainly having summers off is what really helped. But, you know, once a school year started, I had to turn my attention fully to those kids. So I had started him, but then he really is the one who who developed American Ghost Walks into the successful business today. So if you go to MilwaukeeGhost.com, you're going to go to uh, the Milwaukee page for AmericanGhostWalks.com. 
And I worked in education for 13 years. And after 13 years, I decided it was that time for me to get back into the business of haunted history tours because Mike started to need help. Um, so now, now we're in four states. We have, I don't know how many cities because we keep adding cities, but but we're in four different states and also Puerto Rico. So I'm really, really excited about that. Amazing. And you do all the research to write the scripts or prepare the information for each of the new places that you launch in? Or how would you describe your role today? Yeah, so uh, so certainly Michael, he developed many others as well. But, but now in my role, I'm the one that's taking the lead with that because it takes a lot of time to do the research for an area to find enough stories within a mile radius that you can please your audiences. So that takes time. And there's also the writing, the interaction um, with the locals and hiring of the tour guides. So my heart is in the research and in developing these new tours. So that's what I'm focusing on. And I'm really interested to hear more about your research process, because for a traditional walking tour, a history tour, you can go to history books, but ghost stories, so much of it is told verbally, it's shared through families and friends. So I'm very curious to hear how you find the stories that you tell on your tours. Yeah, that is the most challenging part of the process. You've hit the nail on the head. So it is really hard. Like in, in Milwaukee, it took a couple of years uh, for me to find enough stories. But I mean, once you get them, it, it's all the more rewarding. You know, my foundation was historical research of the area. And I think in our tours, we don't make anything up. We're not going to trump it up either to make it more dramatic than it is. These are the stories. We're not going to tell you about bleeding walls if there's no bleeding walls. That's a that's a challenge, too, that I want to address. But I think a good source, although it takes a long time, even though a lot of these resources are online, a good source are newspaper archives because you can research them. These online newspaper archives, you can research them at any time. So it's kind of a lifestyle for me, like at night with my husband, we're sitting around watching TV. And what am I doing? I also have my computer or uh, my tablet open. And, you know, so I'm sitting there with my laptop, I'm sitting there with my iPad. And I'm putting in different search terms, because, you know, you'd love to just put in haunted or ghost and be able to retrieve everything. But that's not the reality. You, you have to think of creative search terms. Because, no search term is going to bring everything forward. So you got to get creative with it and you got to be persistent. So it's just kind of a lifestyle where like every night I'm I'm pinging these, these various search archives with different terms to see what will come up. And a lot of, it's like mining in a way. And you're just you're like most of the time there's nothing. And then you, you hit upon this this rich vein of stories. And then based upon that, you can get names and dates and other particulars that you can use as search terms in your next search. And then that helps you find more. So I think it's it's uh, really the online availability of newspaper archives that has really helped. But certainly 
I've gotten stuff from all kinds of sources, books, of course, in-person interviews, anything you can imagine. I'm just looking under every rock. And th that's the fun part, the hunt for me. And and I know how challenging it is. So when you find something really good, it, it's an incredible feeling. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I'm curious what kind of search terms you use if you're not using ghost or hauntings, that sort of thing. Are you looking for traumatic events that have happened in certain places? or Sometimes, yeah. See if there's anything connected to uh, uh, traumatic events. But also, like, uh, for example, uh, ghosts, you have to try to, and this is different for probably every archive that you use, you, you have to eliminate like holy ghost. You know, you have to pare your search terms down. And and sometimes, here's a tip for you out there. I found that instead of just putting ghost in, that returns, you know, too many results that are irrelevant. So I put in ghostly and and that brings up a lot more relevant search results. Right. Brilliant. Okay. And then when you're designing the routes for the tours and the actual places that you're visiting, are you just seeing, are you picking a particular area first and then researching that area? Or do you look for general ghost stories of that city and then take it from there? Yeah. So that's a, that's an excellent question. Basically, I think it goes the first way that you mentioned it with the route that I'm looking for a historic area. And usually when I'm writing about a specific area, a lot of the tours that I write, you know, they don't have like a famous ghost story. Uh, a lot of these these tales have been essentially lost and I'm digging them up. So it's not like the places that we're writing about always have famous ghost stories associated with them. Usually they don't. They may have been famous like back in the 1800s or back in like the 1920s, but nobody remembers them anymore. So I'm usually looking at the most historic area of a city and then going from there. You know, there's a lot of other factors depending on the location, but you know, I love an area that shows its history, that has a lot of historic buildings, for example. And then you can see if there's there's hauntings also in those historic areas. And usually there are if you dig deeply enough. Now, I'm curious to hear more about your experience leading the tours themselves and finding guides to lead the tours that you research and design. How how do you find the right people? What are you looking for? And what kind of tours do you lead? Are you someone that likes to dress up for the tours? Or do you keep it more low-key? Do you incorporate props? Uh, what's your guiding style? I mean, certainly I'm interested in different types of guides. So there's the paranormal investigator that could bring some of their equipment along, for example, and add to the script that I write uh, with their own experiences that they've had when they've investigated various locations. Or uh, the storytellers, sometimes a lot those people like to dress up. And that's really great, especially if they can embody something from the past, wear Victorian attire, for example, if that's that's appropriate to that location. So that's very evocative. When, when you see people in, in a, a costume that really brings out the stories that you're that you're attempting to tell. So 
it's various. Like when I did the tours, I didn't really dress up that often, but I wore an amulet that represented uh, the evil eye. And the reason I did that is we we talked about uh, we talk about on the tour Malocchio. That's the Italian word for the evil eye. And the reason that we do that is because um, in the third ward of Milwaukee, there were a lot of Italian immigrants, and before that, there were Irish immigrants. So we're trying anytime we do a tour. Our goal is to bring back some of these cultures that made the area what it is today. And that can be a challenge, especially with cultures that you're not familiar with. But, uh, you know, I would really tell people who are writing haunted history tours, you know, don't forget the cultures of the area. You want to bring that unique flavor to the tour. And if lots of different cultures made up your area, you want to try to represent everyone in the most respectful and evocative way. Yeah, excellent. I'm wondering, you've spoken a little bit about some of the challenges of running a ghost tour, and I wanted to know whether there are any others that you can think of that are maybe perhaps more unexpected that people who maybe they already have a walking tour company and they want to incorporate a ghost tour into their the rest of their offerings. What are some of the things that they should keep in mind when designing the tour or before leading the tour? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges is dealing with an audience who sometimes comes to this with unrealistic expectations. They've they've grown up watching horror movies. They've grown up watching paranormal TV, and they want everything to be like super hyped. And that's not what we're about. And we're not going to change the stories to accommodate that. For American Ghost Walks, the history is on point. And let the ghost stories grow out of that. You know, certainly we don't want people to look at these tours the same way they look at horror movies or paranormal TV. I have been a guide now. I just focus on the creative and I work with guides. But one thing that I cover in the training is that, you know, don't feel pressured to make anything up or to hype the story. Let the story do what it's going to do. And that might not be what audiences expect. Do you preface your tours at all by saying something along those lines of these are all as true as I know them to be? I'm not going to overhype them. Something might happen, but there's no guarantee here. Like, how do you manage those expectations at the start of the tour to prevent those complaints? Well, certainly it's in the intro, but not everybody's listening. So you're never, I I would tell this to everybody who is endeavoring to start their own business that I think you have to believe, you have to believe in yourself because there will be times where you will feel, this might not be true, but you'll feel certainly that nobody else believes in you or that there's nobody out there who appreciates what you offer. But I encourage everyone to stand strong because there's always someone out there who will appreciate what you have and what you're giving. You just have to find that appropriate audience. Yeah. So many entrepreneurs say that, don't they? It's like you want to turn away the people that aren't a good fit for you and you want to attract the people that are. Because if you try and be a good fit for everyone, you're never going to be the best fit for someone's. Yeah, that's really going to hogtie you if you try to do that. 
So just focus on your target audience. And like we do in the intros, we try to inform people about what they can expect. And also at the time of purchasing on the website, we try to explain, look, this is not a haunted house. This is not like a Hollywood movie. This is haunted history. Yes, it's going to be a stroll. You're going to walk about one mile. Just so you have informed them, they might not read it or <laughs> understand what you're saying, but at least you provided it to them. But again, you're, you're going to get those nasty negativists <laughs> because everybody does. That's just part of life. So don't fall over backwards trying to impress people that are never going to be impressed. Yeah, absolutely. I guess final question that I have to ask is, has anything ever happened on a tour that you were leading, that a moment that particularly stands out for you in terms of paranormal activity? Yeah, well, I will leave you with the ghost story that didn't happen in one of our tours, but as a ghost expert, which people consider me, although they're I don't really know that there is such a thing. So as a local ghost expert, I've been invited to speak at a lot of different locations and some of them haunted. And uh, there was an occasion where I was invited to the old Baraboo Inn in uh, Baraboo, Wisconsin. And that's, that's a place that really knows that ghosts are good for business. So when I went there, I was thinking, hmm, if there's any place that's haunted, it's not this one. Just because of the marketing and because of that conflict of interest that it can't really be this on it, can it? So I went there and they asked me to do a two-hour presentation on Wisconsin ghost stories. So I did that and I was setting up our podcast table and stowing some of my, my gear underneath the table. And then when I did that, I just stood up and I just happened to look across the room. And when I did that, I saw something strange hovering in the air. And I had time to to say, what's what's that to myself? No one else was around, sadly. And I, we didn't have any cameras on, sadly. So um, I saw this thing hanging in the air. It looked about the size of a ping pong ball, but it was uh, not the same color. It was more of a, a like a milky yellowish color. And it was quite opaque. And I watched it hanging there in the air. And I'm like, what is that thing? And then it sped up. And it actually flew past my ear. And part of the reason I know that the experience was authentic is because I flinched. It was involuntary. Anytime somebody launches something at your head, you're going to flinch. And so I flinched. And then, of course, I looked around. And it was nowhere to be found. Now, it didn't make any sound. I didn't have any feeling, but I clearly saw this thing. And it was like nothing else I had ever seen. And so I just kept this in my pocket. I did not talk to anybody about the story that whole night, even though we had a paranormal investigation and we did all this stuff. I didn't call my brother until that next Monday. This was a Saturday night when it happened because I'm all about it. But it took a while to process. When something happens that is is not part of regular reality, it takes a while for you to deal with it. Um, and so that this was the case for me. And it's in it's in a book that was recently published about the place. But I didn't tell anyone for like a few years. And and I just remember a couple of years following that. At the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference, which we have annually, we had a panel set up 
called Haunted Road Trip. And we had someone rep- representing Ol- Old Bear Boo Inn on the panel. And she happened to mention that the owner's former girlfriend, she would often complain upon entering the bar that she she was dive bombed by orbs. Now, that's not the way I described it to you, but I very easily could have used those words. So effectively, that's what happened to me. And so it was really exciting to have that confirmation. Now, these things, these strange things, they definitely do happen, but they're very elusive. And you might go 20 years, 25 years being interested in this stuff. And like I have been uh, staying at every haunted location, at every haunted, at every opportunity to go to a haunted location, stay overnight or haunted hotels, haunted restaurants, everything you can think of. I've been to everywhere haunted (laughs) and uh, usually nothing's going to happen. But every once in a while, something will happen. And when it does, it really changes your worldview. I love that because like I told you at the beginning, I'm so fascinated by these things. Yeah, I would say be patient and be observant. That's the best thing I can tell you. You can't make it happen. You know, wishing is not going to make it so. But there were so many other things that I've been able to explain away in the past. But this one, uh, I can't explain away. I mean, I, I could try, but that would be disingenuous. Oh, well, I love that. And again, thank you so much, Allison. This has been a real pleasure to talk to you, learn a little bit more about your process and a little bit more about your company. So if anyone is interested in going on one of your tours that you've designed, where is the best place for them? Or if they just want to learn more about you, where is the best place for people to find you? Well, the best place is AmericanGhostWax.com. So I would encourage people if they're interested in paranormal tourism to go there. Uh, Like I said, we have tours in four different states and Puerto Rico, and we'll be adding more states and cities soon. I also have two YouTube channels. So if you'd like to follow my investigations, you could go to youtube.com slash mothman, and you'll see a lot of different things there. And then the other one is really important. It's about the lost history of female paranormal investigators. And it's called youtube.com slash paranormal women. I think you're going to find a lot of surprising information and paradigm shifts over there. Fascinating. Okay, we'll definitely link to all of those in the show notes. But thank you again, Allison. And I wish you the best of luck in your paranormal hunts. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Cheers.